Steven Osuna, an associate professor of sociology who is Latino, accused campus police of racial discrimination after an officer refused to In an effort to bolster their case, the union released body camera footage of the May 25 encounter and argued it shows professors More than 100 Cal State Long Beach faculty have signed a letter supporting colleague Dr. Steven Osuna, who has accused campus police. New body cam footage from the Cal State Long Beach campus police officer has been released showing the moments an officer confronted sociology professor, Dr. Stephen Osuna. Dr. Stephen Osuna. You may have heard of him. You may have seen his face plastered onto the LA Times once you got past the paywall, or looked him up on the staff page for the Department of Sociology. But who is he, really? This is Spotlight. I'm your host, Rachel Levinoff. So it's um, Steven Osuna, S-T-E-V-E-N, Osuna, O-S-U-N-A, uh, Associate Professor in Sociology and a Doctorate in Sociology with an emphasis in Black Studies. Steven Osuna has been a professor at CSULB since 2015. If you go onto the staff page, you may see Osuna spotting a black vest, a beard of wavy black hair with a few wisps of gray, and a smile that exudes his calm demeanor. The page lists out his credentials, his publications, and his research interests. He's well decorated. He even rates a five out of five on Rate My Professors. But Osuna said his life as it exists today started with something every sociologist has a knack for, observation. I grew up in a working class neighborhood that's called Echo Park. It's no longer, it's still working class, but very heavily gentrified in this current moment. Um, but I grew up with my mom, a single parent household, my mom and my brother. My brother is 10 years older than myself. My mom migrated from Mexico in like 1968. Uh, met my father, who migrated from El Salvador in the early late seventies, early eighties. Um, I met met them met in L.A. Right, had me, but they never married, so it was just my myself and my mom, my brother. Um, grew up, you know, like sent and sat in this one single one one bedroom up house. Uh, my mother was a domestic worker, right? So she that's what she pretty much raised us with, or in income as a domestic worker, cleaning houses in Los Feliz and South Pas in Pasadena. And, North Hollywood and the Hollywood Hills, and oftentimes during the the summer and winter breaks from elementary school, I'd go with her, right? Because she didn't want, she didn't have, she couldn't afford to hire a babysitter, so she'd take me with her to clean houses, and you know, I'd help her here and there, but at the same time, get to play in these big old houses, right? So it's like seeing that difference, right? Growing up, of like going from a really small one bedroom house and just seeing that inequality and not necessarily understanding it, but still internalizing that there's a difference. What started as a difference became a long-standing thought. Osuna didn't have much of an interest in school. He went to Belmont High, which at one point was the most highly populated school in California and America, and according to the Los Angeles Times, served 4,200 students in 1994. But there was something that did catch his attention. School was really reading, reading goosebumps. Um, novels that really taught me how to think critically about the world for some reason. I don't know why. I just picked up those Goosebumps books and I read a whole bunch of them and it worked, you know. And 
you know, and I got to college, I had college level English and not because of the high school, but because of Goosebumps for some reason. He graduated high school with a 1.7 GPA, was encouraged by his brother to enroll in an educational opportunity program at CSULA, and by what he called a second chance, was accepted. I did a lot better when I got there, and it was more interesting because I was able to take classes that I was interested in. I majored in Chicano, Chicano Studies as an undergrad. Um, I wasn't, my interest was to, I was going to be an elementary teacher. Because um, that, that's, that's just what came to me. I, wasn't, I wanted to be in the classroom and work with kids. Um, things changed and didn't go that route. He took in an office job for a few years, thought about social work, went back for a master's in Chicano Studies, and then he met someone who got him thinking about a PhD, and he thought... All these experiences are still always go back to that experience of growing up working class in, in Echo Park with my mom, right? That really drove me to like this direction of interest, the research topics I have, you know? Uh, growing up in LA and Echo Park at that time also, you know, we dealt with constant surveillance and profiling from the police, the LAPD in, in LA. Um, so that was also a constant thing in our minds as we're walking home, we're walking to school, there was a police were always there, like a presence that we just knew it wasn't a positive force in our lives. We, we grew up in neighborhoods, there were gangs, but oftentimes we were more worried about the police than we were about the gang. He got his doctorate in sociology with an emphasis on black studies. As a kid growing up, it also also became a research interest of mine that I studied policing and criminalization because of my own, you know, growing up, not because I was criminalized, I, w I never was arrested, but just seeing others being criminalized, right? I was obviously profiled and harassed, but what I mean, but I wasn't criminalized, I wasn't ever sent to jail, right? I was never put in the process of having to go through the criminal justice system, right? So I was not criminalized in that sense, right? But I was profiled and harassed, very two different things. Um, so, you know, but seeing others go through that process and seeing how their lives were, you know, changed because of that and, and knowing that they were more than just that, but because once they became criminalized, that's what they became. And so, you know, that really became a research interest and topic of mine that I've been studying ever since. Now, as a professor at the beach, his adapted love to learning has never left him. I'm also a student. And I'm also still learning, right? So I don't approach the classroom as an expert. You know, I, I, try, to, I try to enter the classroom as someone start trying to invite you to think, think differently about problems, right? Um, and I'm also working through these problems and thinking through them as well at the same time. And I think that shows to the students, the students see that, right? That I'm not walking in being obnoxious, that I know everything, or that y'all don't know anything, right? Not to see my students as just, just um, receptors of information, but that they also have information to share. and. And, you know, that I'm guiding them with new ideas, right? New, new ways of thinking about problems that they're oftentimes thinking about themselves, right? Or things in their living themselves. Today, Osuna's life consists of his partner and his two-year-old. But like he's learned to be observant, he tries to have his son see it as well. Family also extends to my, my mother and my brother and their family, his family. And my, my partner's um, family as well, right? And also our community members and, and people that, we're, that we are close to that we're trying to raise our son around, right? So we want us, our son to think of an extended family rather than just his, his nuclear family, but also everyone else that cares about him, right? And so, like, he's, like I said, he's only, he's only two, but since even though we were in the pandemic, he was able to, to, you know, because of the 
the routine of work for my partner and I, he was able to stay with others while we worked. And he was not only just with my his grandparents, but close friends of ours that, that, were, that were also taking care of him. And he just knows so many folks now because of that, right? And and I think that help, helps him see, you know, the connections and the relationships that we build. And hopefully he starts to do that himself when he grows up. That's how it's been throughout the pandemic. And then May 25th happened. Hey, how are you? Oh, it's all good, man. Do you have your campus ID with you? I don't. Asuna locked his key in his room alone, and he had to call the police. What happened was something he was prepared for, but not something he wanted. Yeah. Like I said, man, as much as I'd like to help, I talked to my supervisor, and he said, no, go with no staff ID and anything. So... In the months yeah. that followed, Osuna knew all too well that this incident wouldn't fall to the wayside. In this place now that I have this position, in this job, this PhD, this, I, use, I could use something to speak up, right? And that's what I did, right? Now, unfortunately, outside of campus, right, if you look online, if you look at the YouTube video that they posted, that, you know, I don't know why they posted that video, my body cam footage on YouTube, um, that's the opposite direction, right? You have this a lot of hateful things being said on there. Um, I stopped looking at it. I'm just not for my own health. I'm not even trying to look at those things, right? To him, the other perspectives proved the hypocrisy of it all. Osuna, as a sociologist, has always thought it's bigger than us. Right? It was not just focused in Los Angeles or the United States, but always seeing how the locals tied to the to the global, right? Um, Again, because of those trips with my mom, yeah, um, you know, and so growing up in LA, the the research interests I have are really tied to trying to get us to think more critically and more structurally of problems that we see as individual concerns, right? Problems of policing that you might just think of, oh, they're just policing crime. Well, what? How do we understand crime more sociologically, or how do we even conceive of crime, right? And when seeking for a change, he says, a university is the place to be. That's a big part, I think, the wanting to change the world, right? I, you know, I'm, I'm influenced by this one idea that says, you know, we, we, not, we not only interpret the world, we try to change it, right? So that's, you, you study it, not just to interpret it, but to change it. Uh, and obviously, this is just one aspect of changing it through your education, but it's also like through your activism and participating in social movements. But I think um, the the, the, this academic space or the space of the university is a space that we could really push critical thinking and analyzing the world and looking at things historically and socially. This is Rachel Levinoff, signing out from Big Magazine.